Welcome to Stuff Talk, the UN Internet Radio podcast. This is Helga Liefstotter at the UN headquarters in New York, and today we will continue our series of discussions with staff and senior managers implementing Omocha, the first global UN enterprise resource planning project. To shed a light on how staff is being prepared for this change here in headquarters, how staff can prepare themselves, and what is going to take place in the coming weeks and months here at the New York headquarters, we have invited to our studio today a senior staff member that many of you know very well, Mr. Franz Baumann of Germany. He has been with the UN for over 35 years, but in 2014 he took up this new position as the first Umoja deployment coordinator for the New York headquarters within the Department of Management. Mr. Baumann, welcome to our staff talk today. Thank you, Helga. Pleasure being here. Franz, you have been with the UN for over 35 years and served in different capacities. How does this journey to Moja compare with other change initiatives you've seen in your time with the organization? Umoja is by far the greatest management challenge ever for the Secretariat, I think, and also for me. I don't say this lightly, but the cost and scope and reach of Umoja is unprecedented. $400 million have been spent to date. Umoja was recommended by the previous Secretary General Kofi Annan in his last reform report, Investing in the UN, in 2006. So it has taken us nine years to realize what already in 2006 was declared as a must for the modern organization, namely to integrate hundreds of standalone systems and to bring the United Nations into the 21st century. The role of Umocha, you know, the deployment coordinator for the UN headquarters, that's a new position or it was created also at the level of ASG. Why was this position created and what is your role in deploying Umocha at headquarters? It was realized late last year or in the middle of last year that getting headquarters, there are 15 departments, several thousand staff members. There are several dozen, about 60-odd administrative units. Getting them ready for Umoja required a special effort. A big project like this is not self-executing. Ernesto Baca and his team are responsible for the technical aspects of Umoja, that all the processes are well designed, but that does not mean that the various departments actually are ready to take them over. I miss the previous system was used by a few hundred people. Umoja will be used by up to a hundred thousand. So that's a quality, it's a change of category. And to get us ready on time, prepared, so that after day two, the system actually works, that is why it was considered necessary to have a special role of a coordinator to prepare the deployment and then afterwards the stabilization. So it's strictly time limited but it was to focus energies and to get the choreography of this introduction to get it right. We know that UNICEF rolled out a similar system in 2012. Mm. Have we learned anything from them? UNICEF is a very interesting case. As is UNDP, they also introduced the system. UNICEF introduced the same system that we are introducing, SAP, a four-year preparatory phase, and they rolled it out in January 2012. The difference in UNICEF and the UN Secretariat is clearly that UNICEF is an operational organization. They have to develop vaccines, they have to 
deliver them on time and they have to make sure that they have no wastage and so on. So it's probably more like peacekeeping, which is more logistical. And therefore, ownership of a process like this in UNICEF is possibly easier than the UN Secretariat, where, frankly, colleagues in the Department of Political Affairs or DPI might not feel the need for a new system. They have not been troubled by the old system. So it's more at the analytical level where people see that the UN Secretariat does not work as well, as integrated, as effectively as possible. And so with UNICEF, everybody from headquarters to the field office in Ghana realized that they were better off if they had a modern system. And so thank you very much for <laughs> this talk and inviting me because I think people will realize once the system is rolled out, what we were missing for the last 10 years. People will have much more information, people will, it will work more smoothly, and people will look back, perhaps in horror, how we managed without a system like this for so long. It seems that the UN or this deployment team or coordinating team consists of seven staff that is working with the UMOCHA team, with all departments and with OHRM and others. Can you describe a little bit how this is organized? The Umoja Deployment Coordination Team, we have we are seven in total. One specializes, for example, on training and testing. We have to have several hundred, perhaps thousands of people at various depths trained in the next couple of months. And so Nadira is the one who is coordinating this very efficiently. We need to make sure that the training resources are well utilized, that we don't have empty classrooms, that we're not overbooking, that we're not disrupting. So that's a very delicate uh, process that uh, she does. We have then Enrique Calzada, he's the executive officer of DPI, who focuses on budget and finance. So he works with staff of OPPBA and all the executive offices and other admin units to get us ready for the finance and budget areas. We have Jamie Kearns dealing with human resources, and we have Arlene Skankalipore, who deals with general support. What does this mean? To get us ready for the Omoja deployment, we have to close all the open items that have been carried forward for years, maybe longer. All the travel obligations have to be closed. There cannot be anything that is open by October because SAP cannot take over messy, unclean data, whether it's attendance, whether it is travel obligations, whether it is procurement. All of this has to be cleaned up. Then people have to be trained so that they can run the system, but they can also support their colleagues when they have questions about the system. Then a very important project that has to be carried out in the next few months is called role mapping. Up to now, the UN Secretariat was in a very centralizing fashion. Managers did not have management authority or resources. They had no budget. They needed to go to their executive office and say, I want to do this, can I have money? And then sometimes it was yes and sometimes it was no. But managers were not actually managing. In future, it will be defined in the system who has the authority to do what. Managers will actually be called upon to manage both their staff and their resources. They can't spend all their money by April and then come running and say, I need more money. They will get a budget and they have to husband the resources. They have to work with the budget. Mapping 
throughout the Secretariat who has the authority to do what in the fields of human resources, in procurement, and so on, is a very delicate task because by November the right people have to have the authority to do their jobs. And that is not falling from the sky and it's also different in various departments. So we're working collaboratively, collegially with everybody to get the focus of the authority uh, as right. Of course, it will not be cast in stone, it can be reversed, but we have to have something to start with in early November. We have understood that there is also going to be a group of people that have been kind of pulled together into a bigger pool, and from each department, is there anything you can share with staff on that? It also emerged in the last couple of months that it would not be workable to prepare for the Omoja deployment by leaving everybody in their cubicles, in their offices, in their jobs. Omoja will be consolidating, it will be centralizing. In other words, eventually there will be not 15 executive offices in New York, but maybe one. What will happen is that all departments will have management capacity to support the heads of department with writing budgets, with responding to audits, with dealing with litigation, with dealing with management issues, supporting the USGs. But all the transactions, they are generic, they are the same whether they are in DPI or DPA or DPKO, they will be moved to eventually to a service center. And where all the generic processes will be dealt with for all departments. Because traveling somebody from DESA is not more complicated than traveling somebody from DGACM. Or recruiting an Arabic translator is not more onerous than recruiting a lawyer. So the decision who to recruit will be with the department, but the process of recruiting this person will be in a service center. Not just dealing with the various processes in a disconnected fashion, but actually making sure that when this person joins, there is an office, there is a cell phone, there are the business cards, there are, that this person walks in and does not spend time getting organized, but actually can start working because all the preparatory work has been done by the service center. Now, exactly how this will be is not clear yet, but it was seen necessary to deploy the system, to have this group of people working together to prepare and then afterwards to take over for the next couple of months after November. And then we will see, the practice will show us what will be the eventual shape of the center. So we don't know it yet. We have the big idea. We also have to go to the General Assembly because it's the General Assembly's prerogative to decide whether we have a service center in New York, one in Geneva, one in Vienna, one in Nairobi, or whether we might have only one in the world or one with a backup. So technically, we would start with service centers in New York, Geneva, Vienna, and Nairobi to deploy, to stabilize, to gain experience, and then to see what would be the best model and then take that to the General Assembly. And once that has been decided, probably for the biennium 1819, then we would finalize it. So for the next year or two, possibly even three, we would be experimenting, we would be learning lessons. Similar to UNICEF, you asked earlier, they deployed in January 2012. Only now, three years later, has the dust settled and they know their real business model. These people that are coming from these different departments, there are approximately 50 of them, or? 60-odd. 60. Mm -hmm. And uh, they will be moving within the next few days, or? We will start operating next Monday, 16th of March at 9.30 in the morning. 
this was the space available for such a large group of people. We will grow to possibly even at 200 by the summer. This leads us to really an important question. Some staff are somewhat nervous and some staff are not sure what's really happening, some even to themselves or to the work that they are executing today. What do you think or what would you like to share with staff in terms of what is changing for them and what does it mean to them? And is there a need to be nervous or is it now our role as staff members to try to even get just more involved, to inform ourselves, sort of describe how Umoche is going to change the way we work and the impact on us as staff? I think there will be many changes. If we think in terms of Secretariat in New York of several thousand, maybe 6,000 staff members, for everybody what will change is employee self-service. In other words, that at work we have to do what we in the outside have been doing for the last 10 years. On First Avenue 10 years ago, there were many travel agencies specializing travels to the Caribbean or to wherever, and people went there to book their trips. They have all disappeared because now people book their tickets online. People book theater, restaurants. We have become used to doing things online and living online, reading restaurant reviews before we go to a place, and if it's not good, we're not going. So. Self-service has become the way we operate, whether we like it or not. I mean, I regret that the bookstores have disappeared, but people buy things online and they get delivered by mail two days later. And so bookstores are no longer viable, much to my regret. And so for the 6,000 people in the Secretariat, they will have to do things online themselves that in the past they had support from their executive offices or from OHRM dependency allowance, education grant, etc. There's also a great element of trust. In future, currently we are still a very controlling organization. We have to sign in time and attendance and then sheets are compiled and signed and then they're entered into the system. In future, people are treated like adults and they have to record their absences. And if they don't record an absence, they're considered present. Now, some people are horrified, then everybody can cheat. I actually don't think so. People don't cheat, and if somebody takes the day off, they will record it and you know, and say that they were not here. And even if you have 10% cheating or 5% or 15, it doesn't matter. The bulk of the people will not cheat, and what the organization saves in terms of staff to control is much more than the, the whatever cheating is going on. It's like the subways in Europe where nobody checks your ticket. You walk on, you buy a ticket, and if you don't and you get caught, then you pay a fine. But most people actually pay their $2. So that is this big change that will affect everybody. The staff members very much affected by the change will be those dealing with administration today in executive offices, in OHRM, less in OPPBA or OCSS. So they are maybe 500 staff members and much of what they do today will actually be taken over by the system or by employee self-service. Entering data into the system is no longer necessary. Running sheets reports and so on will not be necessary because business intelligence is online. So there will be new jobs for people operating running the system, maybe not in the same numbers, and that's why, you know, I was delighted about the great interest of people joining this headquarters deployment group because that is the future.
those who are knowledgeable about the system, they will have jobs clearly. Frankly, those who are resisting it, fighting it, thinking that it will go away if we don't acknowledge it, they might be actually losing out. We are analyzing figures, and if it is done right, and I hope we can do it right, we could go very far through attrition. In other words, that management positions, administrative positions that become available through resignations or whatever, transfers, retirements, if they are not filled, we could get the numbers right in three, four years that those people who are here then will have interesting, more interesting jobs using Omoja and working in business intelligence, working in help desks. So it is still a management challenge to find room for everybody. But clearly, member states' expectation is that the system will make the secretariat more efficient. And since we're spending three quarters of our money on staff, they mean less staff, less staff for transactions, not less staff for what is called substantive areas. So that is the challenge that we train, that we give a future for those people who are working with old systems, and we make them the leaders in the Omoja uh, project so that they become the knowledge center and make the system work. This issue about, you know, fearing for your job, or it's probably not completely new because uh, we have gone through in the last 30 years an immense change in technology, but is there some plan for, for example, helping those who are currently working on these more manual tasks to perhaps and learn and be trained if they are interested in taking classes or courses to move into a different direction. Is there something that is sort of planned for, for that? So in many ways that people repurpose themselves uh, rather than just, you know, feeling down because something that they have been done so valuably may, for many years is no longer a task. Mm -hmm. Well, I think Ernesto, when you interviewed him, he mentioned that the training budget is $25 million. So there are many, many offerings in the various areas. Umoja will lead to some specialization. Somebody who deals with travel, for example, has different skills than somebody deals with human resources issues. So people will be trained, and these uh, programs are already going on. So there is a lot of offer. There's a lot of interest. Um, the, the challenge for all of us will be that within two or three years that the numbers actually match. And while we have some pr uh, preliminary indication, there are some uncertainties. For example, also if the retirement age is extended by the General Assembly, that changes the figures. But there is clearly a determination on the part of management that the introduction of Omoja will not lead to involuntary staff separations. Mr. Franz Baumann, thank you so much and I wish you and your teams, many teams, all the best in the future and continued success hopefully. This was our third interview of the UN Internet Umoja podcast with senior managers and staff. Our guest today was Mr. Franz Baumann, Assistant Secretary General for Umoja Deployment Coordinator in New York. And this interview can be found complete at umoja.un.org, United Nations Umoja YouTube channel, Umoja community on Unite Connections, or on iTunes. We are looking forward to your comments on this podcast please visit you on internet I seek. This was our staff talk. I'm your host, Helga. Have a great day.